Welcome back, folks, and thanks for tuning in to the Chemistry Cake online podcast, where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online, and today I am here with my good friend and adventure buddy, Taylor Steele. She graduated with her bachelor's degree in biology and chemistry with a minor in computational sciences from Point Loma Nazarene University and is currently a PhD student at the University of California, San Diego in the chemistry and biochemistry department. However, I think it might be astute to mention that she is working in a lab down at the Scripps Institute of Oceanography, SIO for short, And so if you thought I was close to the beach, she is uh, practically right on top of the ocean. (laughs) Uh, So she's really taking the San Diego sun, sigh, and surf to heart. Um, So Taylor, thank you so much for joining me today. How have you been? Oh my goodness, so good. What a great introduction. Uh, I feel so well introduced. (laughs) Thanks for having me on the pod. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you. Um, so, from my understanding, you work with algae, mm-hmm. but uh, before we dive right into your science, and the uh, <laughs> pun is unashamedly intended, hey. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to bring up something that you had mentioned in the pre-interview document that I, I sent to you before our chat. You you stated that your favorite molecule is bromoform, <laughs> which is respectable, uh, but for the reason reason that it is small but mighty in that it, um, and I quote, packs a big punch by inhibiting methane production in cows. And I, I just, I thought that was the wildest and most intriguing justification for why this is your favorite molecule. Like, could, could you give a little more insight behind that? Like, what, what is the back, backstory of that? Like, like, uh, cows? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a really great question. Um, So a lot of the work that I do has been in collaboration with Jen Smith, who is a marine botanist and phycologist, um, which is someone who studies uh, algae, um, down at SIO. And she has been working on this project, um, researching how to best um, cultivate this red algae called Asparagopsis taxiformis. Um, in her lab in in an aquarium setting and so uh, basically the backstory to this this red alga is that um, some dairy farmers noticed that their cows were eating um, some red algae on the beach and they were happier and healthier and then um, this sort of anecdotal evidence was further pursued by Canadian researchers and then people in Australia picked it up and UC Davis then went in and started doing some better research, or not better, but more research. And then (laughs) Jen um, read the story, got really interested, and now she is focusing on how can we grow as much of this red algae as possible in a small amount of space and seawater as we have available. So... Cows on the beach. Cows on the, I just, cows on the beach. Like, that's so wild. Cows, cows on the beach. I, yeah. Oh my god. Where? Where? So in um, Prince Edward Island in Canada. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cows on the beach in Canada. Amazing. Okay, yeah, yeah. well. No, it's a good time. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, and so it's kind of fun. Um, if anyone's interested, they just published an article um, in like the UC San Diego newspaper, newsletter, 
Um, and the title of the article is called You Serve the Bird. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> so, amazing. Like, yeah. Okay. So, You Serve in the Burp. Um, that, that's insane. So, um, what is the advantage of, of usurping the burp? Like, what, why is it important to uh, reduce the methane production in cows? Uh, well, global warming, climate change is a really big issue. Right. And um, dairy, farm, dairy farms and cattle farm, I guess is what you would call it, um, they, that produces a lot of methane, and methane is a greenhouse, greenhouse gas. Um, and so it's a way to sort of orthogonally attack this problem mm. of people wanting to consume dairy products, people wanting to eat meat. Of course, that's not the biggest issue with right. cattle, <laughs> agriculture. Right, right. But, you know, like if, if that is a way to attack the problem of greenhouse gas production through mm-hmm. dairy farming, then, you know, there's some potential for that project there. So, oh, okay. so reducing greenhouse gas emissions from dairy farming. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's, I, that was not, I had no idea that would be a potential uh, advantage, but here I am. Um, okay. What then do you focus on in terms of um, studying algae? Like, do you, is one of your um, goals or objectives to produce more bromoform or like, what's your focus? So the Bromoform project is um, mostly what Jen's lab focuses on. Um, the work that I have been doing in collaboration with her um, has been taking on some of the analytical chemistry and molecular biology questions that she's been trying to answer that her lab is not, they just don't have like the equipment to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, my lab, so I work for Bradley Moore, um, Dr. Bradley Moore, um, we are a natural product chemistry lab and so our focus spans anywhere from a variety of analytical chemistry techniques to um, genome mining genetics molecular biology so we really look at the whole picture of a natural product and so something like bromoform um, is really interesting because it has such a great application, and then we can look at the population genetics of Asparagopsis, which is the red algae that makes bromoform, um, and see which species make it, which species don't. We can look at the genetics and see which genes make bromoform. Um, and so those are things that Jen is interested in, and that's what I've been helping her with. Mm-hmm. But that translates really well to my projects because I'm also looking at a variety of red, al- red algae, and um, a lot of them make really interesting natural products that have a variety of um, bioactivities, anywhere from maybe being a potential cancer therapeutic to, you know, they usurp the burp, <laughs> <laughs> and, right? And um, we're really interested in like how do these organisms make these crazy? Um, a lot of them are really highly halogenated. So like, how do these organisms make these really highly halogenated, um, car- you know, small molecules? Um, and what are they doing in their environment? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so you mentioned that you work with different types of red algae. So, like, uh, what what different types? Um, so I'm really lucky. Right. We work and live in San Diego. Right. Um, so we have access to really beautiful tide pools. 
Um, right now, I have been, they're mostly red algae. Mm-hmm. And right now, I have been looking at um, three in particular mm-hmm. because I've been trying to work on um, figuring out how to best extract DNA mm. from, from algae, which is actually very difficult. Oh. And so, um, Placamium pacificum um, is really abundant in, La Jolla, in the La Jolla tide pools. Um, sea hares love to eat it, <laughs> <laughs> which is super cute because there are, are all these like fat little red sea hares like <laughs> that like float around, like waddle around and like munch on this red algae. Um, and then uh, Laurentia pacifica is another one. Um, that it's this super cute little like Christmas tree looking thing. <laughs> I don't know. It like hangs off of the sides of the rocks and all of its like little branches look like Christmas trees. Um, but I, that one has been a kind of a struggle because when I'm picking it clean after I collect it, there's always tons of worms mm. that hide in those mm-hmm. like little cones. So it's super gross, like digging <laughs> through. And then these like super fat worms will like <laughs> pop their head out and like have to like grab it with a tweezer and like yank it out. It's the worst. It's the worst. I like recently recruited some undergrads to help me with that project. Right. It's been very good. Yeah. It's been really, really beneficial. Oh, the joys of science. <laughs> oh, the joys. Oh, the joys of science. Never would I have thought I would be doing field work like this. Mm-hmm. And so it's taken a little bit of adjustment. <laughs> right. I, you know, I, I applaud you because I, I basically sit in a lab all day and, and I, you know, don't really get to see the ocean. Like I, I can probably see it from my window, but that's about it. I don't get to be in the ocean. So, <laughs> I mean, like, but I suppose that's a choice. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so then you work with seaweed, as we have mentioned mm-hmm. multiple times uh, in our conversation. So, like, what what even is seaweed? Like, is it a plant? Is it a, is it a protist? Will, will the world ever know? <laughs> that is a good question, and there's a lot of drama in the phycology oh, community. Yes. Spill the tea. Oh, my gosh. There's so much drama in the phycology community. Um, so, algae are not plants hmm. but they photosynthesize huh. so yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah but then, I'm like trying to wrap my head around that yeah so they're not plants but they photosynthesize but then what's really interesting is depending on like what database you're looking at um, like they'll be categorized as plants like if you're looking for a genome or if you're looking for genes sometimes they're tucked in under the plant section. Oh, man. So it makes it very interesting. But the drama comes in with, um, like, basically identifying algae. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of, like, rearranging recently of, like, names and genuses and geni and species because, like, molecular biology is exploding. Right. And people are realizing, like, oh, we thought these two things were related, but they're actually the same thing or they're totally different. Oh my gosh. Which has also been made, which has also made working with, you know, algal genetics very interesting. So, okay. Yeah. A little bit of drama. It's very, oh my gosh. Very interesting. Wow. Yeah. Enjoying this tea. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> so, so then, um, you had mentioned that one of your, your objectives was to, to isolate DNA from these mm-hmm. al- algae. So mm-hmm. why? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, there are not a ton of algal genomes available. Hmm. And um, as natural product chemists, we see maybe more potential in seaweed 
in a seaweed genome than you know other people might right <laughs> but for us right like I there's a there would be a really big benefit in having access to um, that information because then we can go in and start doing genome mining which is you know basically like if you think of mining right like you're looking for gold right mm -hmm. you go into a mine you dig through the dirt and then you'll find maybe some something of value mm -hmm. and so for us as like I said, natural product chemists, we would be really interested in looking at these genomes and seeing if we can identify any specific pathways or gene of, genes of interest that are novel and interesting and do mm. chemistry right. that is very different than terrestrial, you know, mm. pathways right. that we yeah. see. Like I said, like with um, the really highly halogenated um, secondary metabolites, right? Like that, if you can find an enzyme that can do that halogenation chemistry mm -hmm. um, and you could maybe do some bioengineering to then later utilize that as some sort of biocatalyst mm -hmm. to do a stereo-controlled, stereo-specific reaction um, in you know one step rather than five steps with pretty volatile right, yeah. uh, conditions. conditions and, <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be really cool. So um, things like biocatalysts and yeah, right. yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, I mean, thinking big. Mm -hmm. So apart from DNA, are there any particular natural products that you're trying to isolate or is the intention to uncover new natural products? Just uh, yeah. So there's like, I like to think of it as like, you can go top down or bottom up. Okay. Right. So please explain to me what these <laughs> terms mean. So you can start with a natural product. So an example of that that I've been working on is with this natural product called Halamon. Okay. Um, which was first isolated in 1975. And then in 1992, it was screened um, against like the National Cancer Institute's um, like tumor screening test. Mm -hmm. And it was found to be... Um, like super, super uh, active against uh, a couple of different tumor cell lines, mm -hmm. but it was um, what is the word? It was like different. It was differentially bioactive, so it oh. it didn't affect healthy cells and it attacked cancer cells, mm -hmm. uh, which is what you want in a cancer drug. Right. Um, but then in 1994, um, it was dropped explicitly due to lack of material. So for us, right, we see this compound, we see it's really interesting. Um, could we go to the source material, identify the genes that make this compound, put those genes in E. coli, right, right the laboratory right, workforce, yeah. and then heterologously express and make, and then feed it its precursors and make halomon in E. coli in a laboratory setting. Mm. Wow. So that's like, that would be like bottom up and then top down is you go in and you see an interesting pathway mm -hmm. and then you go from there and you figure out okay well what kinds of things is this making and then maybe you can add in promoters and turn on turn on pathways um, and see if you can start expressing some other interesting natural products so different approaches hopefully similar end game of connecting compounds to genes that's really cool <laughs> oh my gosh Oh, wow. My mind is so blown. <laughs> That's very cool. Wowza. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> so then I'm assuming the specific applications that we're hoping to achieve 
drug delivery or just yeah. medications? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Not not necessarily drug delivery, okay. but a lot of... So, like, the big pitch for if you go to, like, any thesis defense of, like, one of the natural... From a natural product group right. is, you know, 75% of pharmaceuticals on the market are either natural products or derivatives of natural products. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so I think that's like the big pitch and motivator of natural product research. Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Very cool. Get the drugs. Get the... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So apart from then, you know, pharmaceuticals, are there other potential applications that... that... Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, like I said before, so... um, developing biocatalysts, um, you know, green chemistry is Uh, kind of the new big thing. And so um, that is an area that our lab really specializes in. So Mm -hmm. we've recently um, submitted some patents to um, make compounds in E. coli, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so express them, make it in E. coli, and that's super green, right? If you just have to in one step synthesize a precursor and then feed it mm-hmm. to a bug and then it'll make whatever you want like that's pretty cool that is that's so cool like i i remember gosh i think i was like a, a first year in, in at the university where like one of the things that we were talking about was renewable resources and uh-huh. why like algae was so cool is because well you could you could harvest these you know algae in not a lot of space and not a lot of seawater and mm-hmm. they just they just grow and then they just do their thing and you're like thanks for doing the thing and then you know like you get the thing that you want and then fantastic <laughs> like, yeah like biofuel biofuels is another mm-hmm, really big one right um i mean that's a lot of so so my work is like partially funded through um a a community science project with right. with the Department of Energy. Okay. And so they're really, really interested in, um, like, biofuels and mm-hmm. green chemistry. Right. And can we make, um, like, useful compounds um, in new and exciting ways. So that is what we're trying to do with our algae. Well, that is very exciting. <laughs> okay. So... So this is this is such an interesting field. Uh, I was I was wondering who or what encouraged you to enter into such a field. Like, why algae? Why well why algae? That is a whole that I sort of wandered into that. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it was more more like a, oh here I am. Yeah. Okay. No, I like to- definitely just like wandered into that one. Um, that was kind of like you know when you first join a lab and then your PI is like, okay, you're here. What do you want to do? Right, right. (laughs) And so that was, like, kind of what happened with Brad. And he mentioned, like, hey, this is a recent proposal that we got funding for. Um, Is this something you'd be interested in? And um, so I found it really interesting. And then the more I started learning about algae, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how the algae thing started. Uh, I'm not a marine biologist or have ever done any marine biology ever so yeah it's all very new i i feel like quote unquote pretty cool is an understatement for you tay just because if i'm if i recall uh two days ago we were on the beach and you like 
of the entire group of people we were with, you were the only one who pointed out, wow, look at this really cool-looking piece of seaweed. And I'm like, only you, Tay, only you. Oh, my gosh. Like, everyone else is just, like, trying to avoid it, and you're, like, poking at it and, like, looking at it. Like There's, like, flies, like, coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's become the norm. Yeah. That has become the norm. But it's endearing. Thank I was you. just like, I was like, wow, like, she really loves the science. Wow. Yeah, it's become, I mean, it's so easy and so accessible, right? Like, where I'm on the beach, at the beach, all the time, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So very much so. <laughs> it's become it's fun. Like I don't know. The more you learn about something, the more, at least for me, like the more interesting it becomes. Right. And so I think that's become seaweed for me. Yeah. Well, that's really good. Like you love the research that you do, and that is definitely like, like a. A hope that every researcher should have, I would hope. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know? Definitely. Okay. So then um, <clears throat> the goal, the overall goal in life for you is to have a seaweed named after you. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe <laughs> So that is just like a pipe dream. A pipe that dream. That I, like, don't think will ever happen. I think, like, I, you actually have to be, like, a psychologist. Like, you have to, like be a titan in the field right in order for that to like come to fruition right um but that would be pretty sick that would be so cool so but okay but here's the real question is hypothetically speaking if this were to be a thing if Mm. if, if a seaweed were to be named after you it feels like so not humble to even like (laughs) have that be said out loud that is like the highest honor of like in the seaweed community like someone has to name it after you like you don't get to name it after yourself like someone else has to name it it. and like oh my gosh yeah that would be pretty cool i mean I'm going to be, like, not humble for two seconds, but if I had a name, like, a cake named after me, I would just name it Cake, but, like, change the spelling to, like, the way I spell cake. So, like, it's just like, yeah, cake. It's like, what flavor is this cake? Cake. And you're like, no, but, like, what's the flavor? Cake. It's like cake, but with a Y. Cake, but, like, C-A-Y-K. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, like, (laughs) all right, well, (laughs) speaking of cake, lightning round, favorite cake, flavor, and why? Go. Oh, my gosh. Um, devil's food cake, marshmallow frosting. It was my, my grandma made it for my birthday every single year. Mm-hmm. My birthday is two days after Christmas. So oh my gosh. we were always with family. Mm-hmm. And so I always had like really small family birthday parties. Mm-hmm. And so every year grandma would make devil's food cake with marshmallow frosting. That's, that's it's so good. So, that sounds so it's good. It's so sentimental. It's, it's so good. Oh, that's so sweet. Okay. My heart. My cake-filled heart. Wait, what's your favorite flavor of cake? Ooh, no one has ever asked me that. Well, technically, so my favorite cake flavor isn't a real cake if it's prepared the way it should be. However, like, it's become more of, like, a cake now. But my favorite uh, flavor is tiramisu. It's very good. Like, it's not super, yeah, it's not super sweet. It's got that really nice, like, Mm -hmm. coffee bitterness to it, but it's not too bitter. It's not too sweet. It's just really nice. Mm. And it's, like, light. um, And, you know, I think, oh, I don't want to misspeak, so I'm not going to say it, but, like, the frosting is so good. Oh, yeah. It's just so good. And the, um, what are the little crunchy things, the cookies called? 
Are they ladyfingers? I think they're ladyfingers. Is that yeah. a ladyfinger? I don't know. They're, I, they're I know so that, good though. Like, they're like little logs of flavor. Yeah. No. <laughs> yes. I. I do know that the way it should be prepared is with ladyfingers, and so that's not technically a cake if people call it a pastry, but it's like, but well... But, like, tiramisu cake would be yeah, really good. it is so good. Oh, yeah. It I'd is, oh, my gosh. You could, like, soak... You could do, like, a soak, and, like, mm. oh, my God, that would... Ooh. Right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Yes. Like, no, I really want tiramisu. I know, no. But that seems like a bubbler. Like, you should get cake after this. Anyway, so... <laughs> My, but, you know, like, tiramisu isn't always, like, readily available because it's tiramisu. But um, my second favorite flavor of cake is marble cake with uh, buttercream frosting. Mm. And I, I think I fell in love with this because I, I had it for my 18th birthday. Uh, but it, but the, the coolest part about this cake was that it had, like, like fondant numbers and like this is probably an unpopular opinion but uh i love fondant and a lot of people don't so it's like that's fine just pass your fondant to me like i (laughs) oh yeah i would i I would probably be that person at like someone's wedding to like go up to the mic and everyone's like oh she's gonna say something profound and i'd be like could everyone who's not eating their cake pass it over to me please okay bye (laughs) like that would like a thank you um yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's super sweet. That's a really that's a really sentimental and sweet story. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate that. Well, well, Taylor, um, it's been a really wonderful chat. Thank you so much for joining me and chatting with me about your science. Of course. It really has been such a delight to have you. Um, to the listeners at home, thank you for joining our chat. If you would like updates on the many sea adventures of Taylor Steele, you can follow her on Twitter at Tay Steele. That is at T-A-Y-S-T-E-E-L-E. And if you aren't already following me on Twitter, you can do so at Chemistry Cake. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, folks. Don't forget to edify your village and keep the hype alive. This is Chemistry Cake, setting off. <laughs>